If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. We have a mission to improve the welfare of horses throughout the world through the safe education of riders, handlers and trainers and that's what these chats are all about. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Now today's guest is a real working horseman. He's a ringer, stockman, horse trainer, colt starter, horse training clinician, professional rodeo pickup man and trains for a variety of disciplines from working stock horses through to dressage. He's passionate about studying dressage and in his work he focuses on closing the divide between stockmanship, horsemanship, English and Western. If you haven't worked out who it is already, it's Paulie Daniel. And if Paulie's name sounds a little bit familiar, it's because he was a runner-up in the Australian Equitana Brumby Challenge in 2016. And this year in 2019, he's been in Germany doing some demonstrations at Equitana in Germany as well. How are you, Paulie? I'm great, Gareth. How are you? Oh, look, I'm fantastic, Paulie, and all the better for talking to you, I think. I'm really happy to have you on. Yeah, thank you for having me. Now, Paulie, I didn't warn you. Sorry, I often warn guests before I get on. The very first question I ask them is, have you got a favourite quote? You know, something that's inspired you, influenced you, something you find that you say again and again, either to yourself or to your students or anything you continually think about. Have you got something that comes to mind? Absolutely, Gwyneth. Um, it's, it's what I base my horse training on and what yep. I teach people. The quote I don't often say, but everything revolves around it. But interestingly, I think it would be better if you re-asked me that at the end of the interview. Oh, really? And okay. It will, and, it, and it will make more sense when I when I tell you what it is. Okay. Everyone's going to have to listen to the end of the interview then. That's a, uh, a bit of a trick there. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm just writing down here just to remind me and don't let me forget. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yep, absolutely, absolutely. We'll have to try and guess what it is now, I think. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now you were brought up with horses, weren't you? You know, we get a lot of different people that for different reasons have started with horses. But to go from, you know, having horses around you and having a family with horses to saying, I want to do this for a living, what was it that made you want to do it for a living, you know, become a professional, actually make it as part of your income? It's not that I grew up wanting to make it as a living. Mm. It's just I could never see myself doing anything else. Okay. My my greatest goal to grow up was just to be a stockman, mm-hmm. and it's not and it's not a just. Um, but to be to be a stockman, I could and and a rodeo pickup man. That was that was my ultimate childhood dream. Looking through the rails. At the um, at the pickup men at rodeos. Did did you have like a mentor? Was it like your father, uncle, grandfather, someone like that that was the rodeo pickup man? No, no, you just I just saw them. Um, yep. Yeah, rodeos are it's a it's a bit of a hard sport to get into if you're not born into it. Mm. Um, and that's a bit of a off topic. It's a bit of a passion of mine to get to get people into it because of that. Um, but I was very lucky to grow up. Uh, with family that rode. Uh, my 
my dad and his brother and sister. But all the people that come with that, my dad's mates, that were all really handy horsemen. So it was just part of life and part of work and life. And and then just getting people into that sport, you know, what sort of things are you doing? What are you involved with there? Um, I've only just recently, uh, I've got my own practice bronc, mm-hmm. and so I can sort of help young fellows be getting into saddle bronc riding. Um, I'm on the Festival State Rodeo Committee, which which then we sort of reorganise uh, clinics and schools for people to get into it, but it's... It's really just making connections. You know, you know, if you know people in it, you can easily sort of network and then and then help young people get into it. And people are so willing to help out. And it's 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 a sport from the outside looking in that looks a little sort of daunting to get into. But when um, yeah, when you've got the support, it can be quite easy. Okay. Okay. Now, the type of people that you're introducing to the sport. Have they got to have certain character traits, core skills before they come in? Do you say, okay, you know, everyone comes in and then we decide or do they just come in and sort themselves out? How does that work? It definitely helps if they like when it comes to bronc riding, mm-hmm. it definitely helps if they are already horse people yep. um, because there's a, there's a lot of element of horsemanship to, to bronc riding, to um handling horses in the chute and, and knowing how they behave and being able to saddle up. And it can be, you know, we, we had a practice night, Saturday night, and we, we put a young fella on it on for his first time on a bucking horse, and he's a he's a barrier and a horse breaker, so he's not he's not new to getting on horses and sometimes rough horses, but you can see that first time it's sensory overload. Mm. Um, and so you've just got to... Get on, get on, and get it done, and then and then get the experience as time goes on. So, can you tell what the ride's going to be like when you're in the shoot? What sort of things would you be looking for there? You do get to know the horses. Mm-hmm. When it comes to barking horses, they do have their preferred trips that they like to do. Mm-hmm. But I, when I was riding, and I wasn't, I wasn't a great bronc rider at all. I loved it, but wasn't a great bronc rider. But I. I thought that I was a different person for never knowing or never really caring what a bull or a bronc was going to do, um, and I didn't I didn't look into it or ask many people about what a what a what an animal was going to do. But then I read uh, Ty Murray's book, King of Cowboys, who was a she was I think a ten or eleven times all round world champion. Um, and he said he never wanted to know what a what a bull or a bronc was going to do because he said the second you try outsmart an animal, it'll outsmart you back. So you yeah. might as well just go into it knowing that you you do what you have to do in every millisecond. Okay, okay. What about the people that do make it to the top? You know, the ones that are really good, the ones that you look up to and you know just go, wow, he'll be someone who's always remembered or or that particular person. Um, what have they got above the others? You know, I think I think the people that make it to the top in anything probably would have made it to the top in many different things they ever did. Yep. And it comes from comes from pure dedication and belief in themselves, but uh, it's that 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 comes to it's mind control. 
the, the, the one, you know, the top one percent of people, it's pure mind control of whether they're going to make it or not. And that, like, I, I know, I know a fella is is a really good mate of mine who he's a professional mixed martial artist, and he said um, he never aimed to get to get to the top. He just wanted to be a little bit better every day, and he 100 percent dedicated his life to being a better fighter every day. And one day he woke up and he was in the UFC. Yep. Yep. And I yep. think that's that's a you know that that's a real that's a philosophy of mine. Then too is I'm not sure where I'm going to go in my my horse training and my horsemanship, but if I study it and dedicate myself to it and work a little bit better every day, then mm. one day I might wake up and. And I'll be somewhere else, but I'm in saying that I'm so happy with where I am now. I'm really lucky. What about girls or females? How are they faring in the role of having rodeo as a career? Um, in in Australia, it is really hard to make it as as a career in itself. Um, the people I know who have made it. Uh, it's no different to any other discipline. You kind of, you need to make it to the, then you start making your money from selling horses and um, and coaching and that sort of thing. So, yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, females in the sport is the is the time events like uh, bell racing and roping, etc. So, yeah, and that that goes through to different disciplines, doesn't it? They, there's not a lot of money to be made in in competitions in horses. Yep. Um, it's all the side work, though, as you say. It's the it's, it's the, the work, yeah. teaching people and the buying and selling and the caring for horses and training for horses and all the extra side stuff that goes along with it. Yeah, that's mm. right. Mm-hmm. Okay, what about, you know, and I know that you, you talked about your family and, you know, your father and all his mates and everything else, but people who've influenced you, Ty Murray, of course, you said, but, um, you yeah. know, that was through reading his book, uh, King of Cowboys, who else has, has helped you, influenced you? The biggest the biggest influences have been everyday working people mm-hmm. that that I that I've worked with out on stock camps. And like this is a really good question to ask people, but also sometimes I think it can be a bit of a loaded question because a challenge is if you ask someone who has influenced them when they give an answer, you could put them in a category, if that makes sense. Okay. Okay. And 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 you may limit you may limit the say say if you know if you were to quote a a dressage instructor or mm-hmm. if you were to quote a um you know American American sort of horsemanship instructor, immediately you might be put into that category. Well, he's he or or her is like that person. Um, and so I'm not against that, but I think to, to answer your question, I'll, sometimes when people ask me that question, I'll say, and it's not, I don't say it smartly, I'll, I'll just say you probably wouldn't know them. They're, they're really good friends that I've worked with that are often working stockmen that if they weren't doing that, they could probably make it massively as a professional horse trainer if they decided to. Mm-hmm. But what they do is just a part of part of everyday life. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that it's it's what's missing in the industry a little bit is mm-hmm. is real is real working experience, and so the people with the real working experience are often the people you can learn the most from. I think. Yes, yes, I I agree with you there. People who are actually there 
in the in the trenches doing stuff with the horses all the time. Yeah, mm. and that's not to discredit at all the coaches that I have, mm-hmm. but it's it's more so to to broaden it because I I get something from anyone that I decide to learn from, whether it's whether it's a coach, you know, a local coach that I'll have constant lessons from, or if it's an international coach like a dressage coach that might be here once a year or once every two years, or an American horsemanship instructor. Um, and I think that's how everyone should be learning a little bit from everyone to make it their own personal experience. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot off the press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. I'm just thinking, you know, about the closing the divide between stockmanship, horsemanship, English and Western. Do you think we specialise too early? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, something like I've mentioned, I've mentioned the word horsemanship a few times. And what I see is some people think that horsemanship is a discipline these days rather than horsemanship is in every discipline. Mm -hmm. And so I think there should never be a division, especially when it comes to foundation training. Of course, there's going to be a division in higher levels, but then also there isn't. Like I've got a young pickup horse at the moment who's about to do her first rodeo. She's been we've been doing a few practice nights with her. She's a very highly trained eventing horse and um, has come from. Uh, a friend of mine and also one of our sponsored riders, Steph Hand, who has trained her really well. And she would have she would have made a fantastic adventure if she was cool enough for the dressage arena. But all those skills that that horse has go immediately into a real working horse. I've taken her out bush mustering a few times, and um, she's a she's a gun ponying horse for starting starting breakers or colts at work. And then those skills also carry through to going to be a pickup horse. So. That's, there, there, there shouldn't be a divide, but there is, and that's what my goal is to kind of uh, close close the, the understanding of it, at least, if that makes sense. So how are you closing the understanding? Are you sort of focusing on the foundation training to say this foundation training for whatever specialisation you choose to do? I mean, what yeah, how are you closing that divide? Uh, yeah, what, what you said is correct. I'm teaching people from my experience yep. that good foundations that go into, and, and this is one thing I will say though. I just I only train saddle horses, okay. um, like I only train ridden horses. So there is there is different disciplines, say like carriage driving, which I have very limited experience mm-hmm. with, and so I can't speak for all disciplines, but for 
ridden horses, whether it's going to be a cutting horse or a race horse or a dressage horse, I think the same foundation should be in them and then you can specialise as they as they um, get higher. So that's what I'm teaching people, but also more so the mindset. The mindset that because I'm riding in a stock saddle, it doesn't mean I'm not training dressage. Because you're riding in a dressage saddle, it doesn't mean your horse can't go out and do cattle work, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, I agree with you there. But do you get people who challenge you on it, Who people who say you're not doing dressage because you're riding in a stock saddle, you're not doing stock work because you're riding in a dressage saddle and there's lots and lots of variations there between, you know, by the time we bring in a few different saddles and a few different types of disciplines, what would you say to those people? I think, I no, I don't get resistance, but I think there can be, but it's, it usually just comes from a place of limited knowledge, and I think when you when you don't know a lot is often when you're the most confident in what you think you know. Yes, and that's speaking from my own experience. I wish I was um, twenty one again because I'd I'd know everything. Yep. So like now, I think I know less every day. Um, the more I know, the more I don't. The more the more I know, the more I know I don't know. So yes. I have to learn, but. I think if you took, if you talk to anyone at the top, they're very respectful of anyone else because they know that that's how they got there was opening their mind all different ways, and and that's that was their key elements to getting to be very successful. Mm, mm. I also find that people who are open to learning, you know, just people that are open to learning, they're just going to keep learning, keep going, keep growing. And we'll keep continuing. And as you say, you know, just keep improving a little bit every day and you'll just yeah. keep getting better and better. Mm. Yeah. And, and when you said that, I, I, I feel I feel like that the best way often is to invest in the youth when it comes to this sort of thing. Yes. Because we're so lucky this day and age with the world is becoming a smaller place. People are so much more exposed to what is happening all around the world through yep. social media, et cetera. And I, I think of people like we've got a couple sponsored riders I mentioned, Steph Han and, and Courtney Munro. Um, Steph's 21 and Courtney's 16. They're, they're so open to all sorts of knowledge. They're both dedicated eventers themselves. Um, but what they learn from me just carries through to the, the foundations of the youngsters and then through to their higher levels as well. And I learned so much from them as well. Like you talk about mentors those young ladies are as much mentors to me as anyone else. The, mm-hmm. the work, the hard work and dedication they have and their open-mindedness and the, how much they love their horses and how passionate they are, those young ladies are just as much mentors to me as, as a big-name trainer. Yeah, yeah. What about if you're going out to do a clinic, you know, see a group of riders and horses that you haven't seen? What do you think is a common fault and um, not just that? How can it be fixed? I think a challenging, a challenging human trait is is not self-reflecting and and wondering. This comes back to a bit of philosophy of mine. What you do, what you do with a horse, is way less important as who you need to be for a horse. And so, if people are having challenges with horses, some people are often very. Uh, they're very confident in their belief that my horse does this or this or this. Whereas if you you meet the horse with with 
fresh eyes or a clean slate and you ask the horse questions, mate, can you please do this for me or show me how you do this, they'll, they'll tell you themselves and often it sometimes doesn't align with what the person believes it is. And, and so I think that comes from a place of being open to uh, how can I ask my horse who I need to be? And so I, I, I do find that easy because I meet horses and I get to know them and they tell me everything that I need to know about, the, not everything I need to know, but they tell me what I need to know about that person to help them with their journey and their relationship with their horse. Do you find that when you talk to people that what they plan to say is often changed because of the words that they use? Right, they might come across as very confident, but the words they're using, their body language is maybe not so confident. Yeah, I think I think we're all guilty of that. Um, I feel like it, and it depends what people's goals are. Mm-hmm. I feel like if if someone comes to comes to a clinic or comes for help, and their goal is to get this out of it, like if you said what what they. You know what they say doesn't really reflect how they feel. Sometimes they can be in what your goal is isn't actually aligned with what your horse needs. And if we work on what your horse needs, then you'll probably get that goal. If that yep. makes sense. Yep. Yep. I, I asked you a question before, Paulie. I said something about a common fault, and you changed the words around to a challenging human trait. So I think that tells me something about you, that you're always looking for something in the positive. You're always looking for good in things, you know, to say a challenging human trait and to change the words common fault into challenging human trait. I think that tells me a little bit about you and the type of person that you are, that you're looking for the good. You know, you're looking for what we can achieve rather than what we haven't achieved. Does that make sense? Well, that I think that displays a high level of emotional intelligence in yourself because that's exactly what I mean. I don't believe in problems. I believe in challenges. And for me, a challenge is a really positive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Paulie, you've done Equitana, you know, earlier this year and you've sort of been the runner-up in the Equitana Brumby Challenge. What are you looking forward to now? What have you got coming up in the future? I, I've recently competed in dressage for the first time. Okay, good. And not, not, not long ago. So, and I did that, like that was really left field from anything I thought I would ever do, say, five years ago. If you you told me five years ago that I was going to be in a pair of breeches and riding in English gear on my my pretty Palomino out out being judged in a dressage arena, I would have laughed. But um, that's a positive change in me of not caring too much of it, you know, and not caring about the gear or the look at all. I'm doing it for the horse and... Sundance Kid, that, that gelding of mine, that's exactly what he needed to boost both of our relationships was mm-hmm. for me to get better in, in that uh, in that training. Um, and so a bit more of that, and I'll see where that takes me. Like I just I just want to get a little bit better of that all the time and it complements everything. My As my stockmanship gets better, it complements my cold starting Um as, as my cold starting gets better, it complements my the end product. But that's that's why I went down that road too. I went to be a better cold starter or horse breaker. Same thing. 
I need to understand more about what needs to happen at the top level because I so I'm I'm near to I'm in the top levels when it comes to training, say a working stock horse or or a pickup horse. Mm-hmm. Not the best by any means, but but I I don't understand what it. You know, I don't know right now what it's even going to take to get a horse to Grand Prix, and so I'm not going to say that I'm I want to get to Grand Prix dressage because I I don't know what I don't know yet. But if I get a little bit better over it, we'll just see where we go. Okay, that's yeah, that's a really good attitude to have, I think, and uh, you know, not not boasting and saying because there's been quite a few people that I've seen that that want to get to Grand Prix, want to get to the Olympics, and and just doesn't seem to happen. It all drifts by its side. But I think whatever, if you chose to do something, I'm sure that you'd be able to just say, right, that's my number one goal, and do it. And I think your number one goal at the moment is to be the all-round horseman that you are and someone that's teaching people about really solid foundational knowledge that can take them on to yeah. all disciplines. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, to touch on that, I, I have very high respect for people who have high goals mm-hmm. I, and it's an admirable trait. But it, anything anything is a double-edged sword. There's positives and negatives to anything. But the, the, the challenges I see with it sometimes is that people say, you know, to quote my mate Badge, Brendan, again, he, he's, a, he's a mixed martial arts coach. People will tell him, I want to get to the UFC. And mm. if, if they were to say, how do I get to the UFC, he'd probably ask, are you going to live in a gym? Are you going to sleep on the floor? You know, are you going to live off no budget and just train all day, every day to get there? And and go through, you know, the mindset coaching that needs to go. So it it is admirable to say I want to get to the UFC. I want to get. I want to train Grand Prix. I want to get to the Olympics. Um, but I think it's more admirable to go today. I'm going to work on rhythm, and I'm yep. going to get really good rhythm in my horse. And mm-hmm. then when we're you know when we're when that's really solid, then I'll look for the next thing to train as yep. hard as I possibly can. Yeah. I know that we've got to ask you for your favourite quote, and um, I think I've got something that I'm going to ask you about, see if it comes yeah. off close to that. But before that, Paulie, what's the best way for people to contact you? They can do it at Horse Chats. So it's horsechats.com. You can search for Paulie, search for Daniel, or just um, horsechats.com slash Paulie Daniel. But if yeah. people would like to contact you right now, what's the best way? We have a Facebook page, mm-hmm. and the, the business name is Daniel Tessari Horse Reflections. Okay. And that's, just to explain what that is, that's my last name and Lauren, my wife's maiden name. So both of our names will always be in the business. And so, yeah, it, it, was, it was a bit of a challenge calling it that because some people think mm-hmm. my name is Daniel Tessari. Um, but yeah, Daniel Tassari Horse Reflections on Facebook. We're also on Instagram, which is under DTHR at Horse Training. Okay. Hang on, say that. Let me just bring that up, sorry. <laughs> All sorry. right, now, that's okay. While you bring that up, this is what I think your favourite quote's going to be. Something similar to this is what you do for a horse, sorry, what you need to do for a horse is way less than who you need to be for that horse. Is it something like that? Is that your favourite quote? It's, it's, it's something like that. Uh, 
it's something like that. But and why I got you to ask this at the end because it also it contradicts what we're doing a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you the quote now. It is there are facts about horses and there are opinions. If you want an opinion, ask a human. If you want a fact, ask a horse. Yep. I'm digesting that and writing it down at the same time. <laughs> That's okay. It's easy for me because I can come back to that. But, yeah, yeah. Just say it one more time, Paulie. There are facts about horses and there are opinions. If you want an opinion, ask a human. If you want a fact, ask a horse. Yep. Okay. I think that's good. Paulie, thank you very much for, for chatting to us today. Did you get that um, Facebook? You, you said something about DTHR. Is that yeah. correct? Uh, sorry. Yeah. Our Instagram page. Yes. Uh, our Instagram page has they both have um, a lot more pictures up on Instagram, less sort of of, of my feedback and, and training tips. But, yeah, that is at DTHR underscore horse training. Perfect. All right, then, Paulie, hopefully we'll catch up with you um, very soon. I'd love to have you back, and I'm sure that um, you'll have just as many interesting tips and um, things to talk about when you come back as well. So thank you. Fantastic. Appreciate that. Bye. Cheers, mate. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate, and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.